You're listening to a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And now, Free Kicks. Free Kicks. With Illinois Youth Soccer Association's Director of Coaching, Adam Howarth and Rick Kemper. Welcome back to Free Kicks. We uh, we had a uh, a brief hiatus last week, and uh, I'm kind of glad we didn't do the show because it was like 700 million below zero on the day that we would have taped. So, uh, so we took a week off for the FA Cup, which was uh, last week, right? Is there anything to report from the FA Cup that we need to mention? Uh, Chelsea won, so that's good. They keep <laughs> rolling. That's the most important thing. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you are very Chelsea centric, if I must say. <laughs> yeah, I guess I am. Yeah. I guess I am. Yeah, uh, a couple other teams won, so we'll see how. Were there any big upsets? Because I, I actually did not even look at the scores. There was a few. Yeah, there was a few upsets here and there. Um, I think the fifth round will be after this next week, so we'll get into the okay. kind of the the latest later stages, the Sweet Sixteen, I believe it is the next round. So okay, yeah, it should be should be good. That sounds like a future episode of Explain That Foreign Tradition. Um, yes. but we have a current episode of that. Let's uh, start with the audio of that. And now, explain that foreign tradition, please. Okay, it's February, which means the January window is now closed, uh, the transfer window. And, you know, again, uh, for people that uh, don't follow the sport that closely, just uh, in a sentence or two, would you mind explaining that? Yeah, so basically the up until the end of January, this is the, the last chance for many of the Premier League and lower league teams to buy the players they need for the run-in for the end of the season. So they basically stop people from moving from January until uh, really the end of the season, and, uh, and then it will open up again through August. But, um, but yeah, this is it. This is their last chance to, to buy any players that can either – Help them win a league or help them stay in a league. And, and they do freeze the rosters then, right? I mean, you're not allowed to bring anybody in for the end of the season after this. Correct, yeah. So they're, they're pretty much stuck with what they've got. Um, there, there's always a few little loopholes with different things with players, maybe if they're out on loan. Yeah, that's what so, I was going to ask you because I, I was talking to somebody the other day who told me that there are over 40 players out on loan from Chelsea. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They they actually did a little um, team of the lone players. Actually, they said that that team would probably be middle <laughs> of the Premier League. So that gives you an idea of the strength. Yeah. I well, think I was looking at the list. Uh, you know, I've, uh, there were guys that I like. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot he is on Chelsea. Like Moses, I didn't even recognize that he has not been on the team all season. That's right. That's right. I mean, that's the crazy thing. I mean, I'm looking at their list now. I mean, they got ra- got rid of Marada. Yeah, they got rid I'll of uh, yeah, which is not a too bad yeah. of a thing. Vic- Victor Moses, right. and then obviously their big signing Pulisic. They got, but they loaned him back. Yeah, so you know, so those things happen. Uh, a lot of other teams have done that, and then I think the good thing about the loans is for the lower level teams, maybe they can't afford a player right away, but they can bring them in. So like a Cardiff could bring in uh, Niasse or. Um, you know, depending on what it is, they can find these players quickly to help them maybe stay in the in the division. Right, right. Just to uh, not be relegated. Yes, uh, exactly. So let's talk about some of the guys that did move in. Uh, you know, I, I the, really the list is pretty short this week. Uh, yeah, I, Arsenal got uh, uh, Dennis Suarez from Barcelona. Right. You know, that's uh, you know that could help 
that could help Arsenal. Definitely. Um, uh, Bournemouth gets uh, two Liverpool players, as uh, Nathaniel Klein and uh, Dominic Solanke. Both of those guys don't play that much anymore with Liverpool, so that's kind of a good move for the players, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. Solanke, you know, he was having a hard. I mean, he's going to have a hard time getting into that front three. A um, little bit unproven. Right. Um, I mean, they bought him for. They they ended up buying him for nineteen million, which is quite a lot of money for a player that hasn't played considerably much. Right. Uh, and Nathaniel yeah. Klein has jumped straight in. He's actually on loan, so he's on loan till the, through the end of the season. But they've really. Uh, he's been a revelation for them already. So um, and he was, you know, starting for for them not too long ago. They've just brought in a couple of younger players there that have kind of he's had a hard time kind of knocking them out. So right. So so yeah, I mean, two good players. You know, Solanke could definitely help them if they need to score some goals. But you know, they they did pretty well this past week against Chelsea. That was for sure. <laughs> we'll be talking about that <laughs> in a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, and then you know, Burnley. Uh, getting it, which was an interesting one. I know we talked a little bit about this. Peter Crouch. Yeah, I didn't even, I didn't, didn't even know he was still playing. Well, I was going to say the same thing. When he's like my age, he's like sixty four. <laughs> I mean, like, well, what are you doing? I, I, it was funny because I, I kind of watch him a lot. I actually follow him on Twitter. He's actually a pretty funny guy, and uh, he, it's interesting because he's been doing a lot of uh, radio stuff. So I actually thought he'd kind of retired. And so wasn't playing, and he was playing with Stoke. He was kind of bits and pieces here and, and there. And Stoke's in the uh, in the second division, right? Correct. I mean, yeah. So obviously, yeah, we're not we're not watching them on a regular basis, right? But then when I look, and he ended up getting uh, transferred, they bought him for seven million. I know. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like seven million for a guy that hasn't played that much, plus a player. So That's a, a million for each foot in height. I guess so. Because I mean, isn't yeah, he isn't he like six ten or something? He's he's up there. He's like yeah. yeah he's he, he'd be a, a decent basketball player. Yeah. I mean, he just looks. He looks. He would. He would roll in with those guys perfectly fine. Uh, but yeah, just crazy. So you know, you, you lose track of players, and then uh, something else happens. So uh, the biggest signing, I think, and you probably agree, uh, is uh, Chelsea getting that striker. I mean, yes. uh, I, I'm afraid to pronounce it. I believe it's Higuain. Or Correct. He, <laughs> uh, well I've done. heard it several different ways, but you know the guy's a world class player. You know he's played in World Cups. He's he is uh, one of the best strikers in the world, and immediately gets two goals for Chelsea. Yeah, I, I think he's going to be an impact player for Chelsea. I really do. I mean, they've been looking for that number nine player, and it's kind of worked out well. They've got rid of uh, Morata, who just seems to yeah. be a shadow of his former self. I mean, the guy's just had no confidence whatsoever. And then uh, Higuain automatically, uh, in fact, it was kind of funny in their first game, he was, uh, William, a lot of credit to him, he was going to give him the penalty kick to take, but he said, no, you go ahead and take it. So he could have got one in his first game. True. Um, and then uh, he scored two this past weekend against a, a very poor Hudders Huddersfield team. But, yeah, good start for him. So hopefully he can uh, do it. It, it. Chelsea's got a, a a really big month of games this month, so they'll be they definitely need him. You know, there is something to the uh, the pressure player thing. Um, there are some players that can't go into a situation like Chelsea with all the pressure there. I mean, the pressure is so intense on those players; they've got no margin for error. 
and some players just crumble. And yeah. I think Murata was one of those players that he just could not handle the intensity of the scrutiny there. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and it's it's interesting because whenever you look at those, those top six teams get so much publicity. Right. And worldwide, even, worldwide. Yeah, no question. And even, and a lot of people say that, even when they don't play well, it's, you know, it's not about the other team beating them or whatever. It's right. always about how they played so poorly. So it, it's definitely, a, they're definitely held to a higher standard. Maybe that's part of the reason why, you know, it may sell more newspapers, whatever. But um, it, it's it's always, it's discussions about that top six all the time. All well, the just time. as a foreign observer, uh, I noticed that immediately. I noticed yeah. that, that uh, you know, you could, <laughs> a player could have like five, six games in a row. He's got, you know. Uh, eight goals has one bad game and suddenly people are like yeah maybe it's time to bring in somebody else (laughs) (laughs) wow (laughs) no question you're absolutely right the the pressure's on these players i mean that's the thing you know it's it's a tough one yeah well i'm glad i was not a great player because i could not have handled that which may be (laughs) why i wasn't a great player all right it's time to uh, let's talk about what's happening on the pitch Premier League football. What's happening on the pitch? So, lots of games between the time we last spoke and uh, today. And one of the most interesting things I saw, and I don't know if you saw this in the game uh, Everton against Wolves, uh, a a cat. Yes. A black cat. That cat over there better stop it, man, as Mick Jagger (laughs) likes to say. A black cat came onto the field, and everyone just kind of stopped and just watched him. Like, nobody tried to capture the cat. The cat just kind of walked around. And there's a whole thing uh, in, in America, and I, I assume that this is also true in England, that there, there's a, uh, a superstition when a black cat crosses your path that that's a bad luck sign. Correct. Have you ever heard that? I mean, is that yes. also true in England? Yeah, absolutely. Very true. My my mother is very superstitious. So she's got a whole bunch of those things. The black cat is one. Can't put shoe. You cannot put shoes on a table. All these crazy things. Oh, I haven't heard she, that one. Oh, yeah. She says bad luck to put shoes on a table. Don't ever do it. I'm like, okay. All right. My mom so has one those- where she says, uh, if you say something negative, like, uh, you know, like something bad is going to happen. You are drawing the devil on the wall. <laughs> don't don't draw the devil on the wall. That's wow. what she says. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it, it was funny because we I know we was actually talking about this in the office the other day. Uh, I think it was yesterday before the the game. They were showing clips of it. Nobody wanted to go out and get it. Yeah. They had all, all of those guys around. Uh-huh. Nobody wanted to get it because and, I, and this was what we were saying because that guy who tries to go out and get it, he's going to be a YouTube sensation. Yep. If he's run, running around chasing a black cat and then he tries to get it and the black cat weaves past him, it's over for him. I mean, the poor guy. <laughs> or, or, you know, be... And it's a, it's a stray cat. You know, those things are dangerous. Let's be honest. You have a exactly. claws, you know, I, I wouldn't have gone after him either. Totally, totally, yeah. When it went off into the corner, there was like 35 of those ushers standing right there waiting. I'm like, okay, he's out. But but it was, he... Wasn't it funny, though? I mean, they were just kind of standing around going, all right, he should yeah, be off yeah. the field any moment now. 
Exactly. And people were joking about how the Black Cat moved more than the Everton players during the game anyway. So it was funny. Uh, So now that was actually kind of a big game, Everton against the Wolves, because they're both fighting for that number seven spot in the the, uh, standings. And, you know, it's funny as an American to hear, you know, somebody fighting for the number seven spot. But it really is an important spot in the table. Explain why that is. Yeah, I mean, well, really, you know, you've got the top six. Obviously, they're the ones fighting for it. But, you know, those are kind of regarded as the high-level group. And really, you know, Manchester United, the Tottenham's, all of those teams have done so well. But that seventh group team typically will qualify for the Europa League. So because some of those other teams don't do so well in other competitions, it's probably a good chance for them to qualify for that next competition that second tier competition and that means money exactly and it's all about the money no it question is. the higher they fit higher they finish you know and it's the same thing by winning cups and winning trophies the more money they make um you know they're able to get uh, you know if they win the fa cup they get a little bit here they get a little bit there so the higher in the standings they get more money okay and let's talk about that wolves team because they uh They've got a, a legitimate shot at finishing in that number seven spot, and this is a team that was just it just came up for promotion this year. It, has that ever happened before? No, I, I mean I think they're doing. I think uh, we did talk about it at the start of the season yeah. how they were going to do pretty well. I like to say we predicted that, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, th- but I yeah, think we I did. Mean, yes, but I mean right now, I mean they're. They're four points ahead of Watford in in that uh, eighth spot. So Wolves are seventh. I mean, they're still nine points behind Arsenal. So, I mean, it's going to be a tough chase. But they are definitely, for a team that's come up, and a lot of people were saying how well they play and how composed they are. They've got a good mix of some young players, some older players, the Portuguese influence, uh, some of the younger English players. It's really a, a nice group of players. And, it's and it's a nice team to watch. They play yeah. some good soccer too. Yeah, they are fun to watch. I enjoy watching them too. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about that Cardiff game because uh, Cardiff, uh, uh, you know, seems like that there's just been tragedy after tragedy this year, um, and and they suffered a a horrible uh, death. Uh, Salah died in a yeah. plane crash of all yeah. things. Yeah, and, absolutely. And the, you know, so, he, he was a purchase in the in the transfer window, right? Right, yeah. You know, that was going to be one of their key signings. You know, I think they bought him for about ten million over from Nantes in France, and uh, yeah, it's just a, a terrible tragedy. I think he was actually coming uh, coming into England or going to England. I couldn't remember if they were coming back or going going there. Uh, just really, just trying to kind of finalize the the transfer right. in a private plane. And unfortunately, the the plane went down. They couldn't find the plane for a long time. Yeah, they've now found the plane. Uh, there was uh, they have found one body on it. I haven't heard anything this morning as to if they've done any identification. But but the but the game on this past weekend was so emotional. You could tell even the manager was extremely emotional right. during and after the game. And uh, you know, I mean, and to be fair to them, they played very well. Yes. They scored a couple of goals and uh, against a team that was coming off a big victory as well. And, and you know they are still in the relegation zone, and they it, it's starting to look like those three teams at the bottom are, are probably going to be the three that go down. But of the three, Cardiff has got the best chance. 
Yeah, no question. I mean, they, they were starting to kind of lose track a little bit, but that win really helped them. Um, so they're only a couple points away from safety now. So, you know, if they get another victory, I mean, there's Newcastle, Southampton, Burnley. All those guys are on 24 points. So they're right. not, you know, they're, they're deep down there in that mire. So Fulham, you know, they've got a little ways to go. I mean, it's still possible. Yeah. Huddersfield, I think Huddersfield's done and dusted. Right. Um, I mean, it's going to be really difficult for them to, to find a way back. Yeah, I mean, once you get rid of the German coach, you have no chance. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about Chelsea's bipolar week. That's, that's yeah. really the only way to describe it because I, I taped the game against Bournemouth, and I didn't get a chance to watch it live, but then I, I started watching it, and I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. That was the worst game I've ever seen them play. I'll tell you, it was horrendous to watch. I mean, I I was fuming the whole game. I mean, second half, I kind of got up and just I sat in, a, sat in another room. I was just so depressed. It was just absolutely awful. It's like they looked like they'd never played before together. Uh, some of the comments before by the manager probably didn't help. And no, that's true. It, it's, it just seemed they were just completely off. I mean, the first half, they controlled most of the game. Uh, couldn't score and they were a bit unlucky hitting the crossbar yeah that's true um, but then second half it's like they didn't even show up it's like oh we're just gonna take a day off you yeah know, it was just it was just absolutely awful uh, it, it, the worst part to me was every time that Borman scored Chelsea didn't seem to care I was like yes eh, oh well give them another one <laughs> very yeah exactly very troublesome and that and that's the thing that worries me a little bit I mean Luckily, they rebounded. Yes. Again, though, they it was a poor game, but I think uh, this month's going to really test them. We're going to really find out where this Chelsea team is because they've got a lot of tough games coming up. They, and they are definitely in danger of not finishing in the top four. Yes, yes. I mean, Man United is really pushing now. They're really right on their heels. Um, Arsenal is as well, but Man United is in such good form that they could easily take over Chelsea's fourth spot. You know, there's there's definitely a gap there. You know, Tottenham's seven points ahead of Chelsea now. Right. Um, so we we need we need to win. Chelsea needs to get some victories ahead of them, and, and they've got a really tough month of, of the. Top, Are they the top playing against teams. either of uh, either Arsenal or uh, a man, uh, man United over the next they've, uh, they've, month? They do have Man United coming up, and they've got some tough games coming up here as well, which we'll talk about in the TV tip. Okay, but, great. But yeah, but there's um, they, they, it's going to be a tough month, and then also in the Europa League, they got the uh, they got the League Cup final against Man City, so they're going to have a busy month. It's going right. to be good for them. Yeah. So they are in the League Cup final. Yes. Yes. Okay. They are. I did not even realize that. That's yeah. you know, there's just too many things to keep track of. <laughs> I'll, be, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. It really is. It really is. And that's exciting. The League Cup final is always kind of a fun little final. It's always nice to get a trophy early. Sure. That'll be a good game. That's always on a Sunday, yeah. So to me, the best game of the week last week was the Arsenal uh, – last weekend was the Arsenal-Man City game. Yes. Which um, Man City is one of those teams. I mean, they've also kind of hit the mid-season doldrums a little bit. Um, and then – they have a game like that against Arsenal, and you just go, "Oh yeah, that's right. They're really good." I, yes. I forgot how good they are, and they they weren't even playing Sane. He didn't play, but De Bruyne is back, and you can see that he adds a little something to that team. Yeah, yeah, no question. He's now starting to pick it up. I think even the game this past weekend, he started to now kind of get to where he needs to be, 
and uh, he's still not quite there. No, definitely not. But it's a good it's a good start because they're getting ready. The Champions League is going to be starting up again here pretty soon. Right. So they're going to be doing that. So yeah, it's going to be. Uh, De Bruyne's going to be a massive influence on that group. I mean, he's going to make sure he's able to take him to that next level. And yeah, he's different class. We, I was, I think, I was listening to somebody today on on the radio just saying about how him and Silver and once and and, and certainly Cunagüero. I mean, the yeah. guy could just score goals. You know, a hat trick there. He's you know, so he's great a, that no one even talks about him. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean. It's just like you just understand that he's that great. Exactly. You know, I really do think he's underrated and he doesn't get enough credit right? Um, because of what he does. I mean, the guy just scores goals. I think he has eight hat-tricks in the Premier League. He's right on track to probably be the the most the biggest goal scorer in Premier League history. Right. I mean, these, these right. That's I mean, a, that's a fairly big accomplishment. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> these are these are statistics that are going to blow everybody out of the water. So. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think you're going to realize uh, until he's gone how good he is. I know the Man City fans love him, and they, they absolutely think he's fantastic. So, um, I, I just hope he gets the full credit that he deserves, and I, I think he will eventually. Yeah, I think so too. All right, so we do quizzes. That's part of the show. I'd like to quiz Adam on his knowledge of the Premier League because he, he claims to be an expert. <laughs> so uh, this is the only way to do it, really. And this week, we, you know, we're talking about Cardiff because Cardiff uh, had the emotional win this week. So we're going to quiz you about Cardiff City. All right. And I did some research and found out some interesting things. So let's see if we can um, right. if we can stump you. You need to get three of the uh, five questions. You need to get three of them correct in okay. order to uh, pass the quiz. This first one's good. We're going to go back a ways. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Cardiff City. Won the FA Cup, which I never, I don't, didn't realize, but they did win it, and it was back in the 1920s. Oof. Was it in 1925, 26, 23, or 27? Oof. And by the way, they were a powerhouse in the 20s. If you want to go back in time, uh, set the Wayback Machine for 1920 something, and and you, you're going to see some some great play by Cardiff City. Yeah. Okay. I'll I'll make sure I make a note of that. I'll, use it. I'm gonna go with 1927. That is correct. Lucky guess. Okay, we're right. one for one. Uh, they beat Arsenal in the finally at uh, okay. the final okay. at Wembley. Nice. Okay. They have a nickname. Cardiff City has a nickname yes. because they wear the blue uniforms. Are they yep. known as the Blue Jays, the Blue Demons, the Blue Birds, or the Blues? They are the Blue Birds. Okay, that was kind of an easy one, but I just wanted yes. to hope, hope right. that uh, I can get you on that one. I'll take it. I'll take it. All right, you're two for two. Now, after uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers decided to ban Cardiff fans, this this happened in a game uh, in Wolverhampton in the, 20, the 2006-07 season. A number of Cardiff fans came up with a novel way of still seeing the game. This was a big story. It made TV, okay. radio, newspapers all across the UK, and even okay. in the New York Times. How did these fans intend to beat the band and watch the game? Did they A, set up camp on a neighboring rooftop near the stadium? 
Okay. B, did they wear Wolverhampton jerseys to sneak in as Wolverhampton fans? C, did they get jobs at the concession stand at the Wolverhampton <laughs> Stadium? <laughs> or D, did they hire a blimp? Oh, my goodness. I know you were here when that happened. but Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm going to go with they, they probably went in as Wolverhampton fans. I'm sorry. That is incorrect. They hired a blimp. Oh. <laughs> there was a local businessman, Carter fan named Steve Day. He hired a blimp to take 20 fans around the ground in the air for the duration of the game. But unfortunately, this is going to surprise you in England, the weather did not cooperate. <laughs> uh, there were high winds, and so the blimp did not get up. But apparently this was still a huge media event because they had the blimp and, and there was, you know, they got coverage and it was a big deal. Yeah. So, wow. All right, you got one wrong. All right. Yeah. One okay. All right. You got to get one of these last two. All right. This is about the coach. Okay. Neil Warnock, who is yeah. uh, uh, kind of famous uh, in the UK for being a, uh, what would you, how would you describe him? Uh, an emotional guy? Uh, I, exactly. <laughs> I was just going to say those words. Emotional. Absolutely. Very emotional. Uh, he, I love watching him on the sidelines. I, I enjoy it. Um, he just, to me, is like a stereotypical uh a Premier League coach out of central casting. If you wanted yeah, to have yeah. a guy who just like, you know, 1968 uh, Premier League type Definitely. coach. Yeah, he's old school. He's, he's an old, old school, school coach. Which of these teams has he never coached? Hmm. The Blackburn Rovers, Queen Park Rangers, Crystal Palace, or Huddersfield Town? I'm going to go with... Blackburn Rovers. Oh, doggone it. You got it. That's right. <laughs> That's yeah. right. He has coached all three of those. Do you remember him coaching those other teams? Yeah, I do. I, I mean, he's been around. He's, probably in the last few years, he's jumped around a fair bit. Uh, Queen Spark Rangers, Crystal Palace. I remember he was there for a bit. I mean, he's actually been to a couple of teams a couple of times. Yeah, I think uh, he was at both of those teams a couple of times. Yeah, so they bring him back all the time. Huddersfield, it was a while ago. He's never been there that long, though. I mean, no. kind of. It's uh, he's. I think four or five years is about his his max, and then he moves on. So, tell well, us I a think bit it's about something about his personality. I mean, he's got that. I think you know. He, yeah. He. I could see him getting old very fast. You know. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? All right. Well, so this last one's just a bonus question, but I, I found right. this interesting. There's a a famous children's author who was a huge celebrity supporter of Cardiff. All right, he mm -hmm. wrote children's books. Okay. Which one of these four? Was it A, Maurice Sendak, B, Roald Dahl, C, Dr. Seuss, or D, Lewis Carroll? got a funny feeling. I used to read a lot of his books when I was a kid. I've got a funny feeling it might be Roald Dahl. It is. That's very good. Wow. I, I want to read you a little thing that I found. Uh, he, yeah. He wrote this. Um, uh, uh, this is He was a big fan in the 20s when, mm -hmm. when they were huge. Uh, and this is a, a little paragraph that he wrote about how he used to go with his buddy Joss, J-O-S-S, -S, to the games. As we rode the 20-minute journey from Landraff to Cardiff, is, did I pronounce that right? Land, Landaff? Landaff, yeah. Landaff to Cardiff in the big red bus, our excitement began to mount. 
and Joss would tell me about the opposing team for that day and the star players in it and who was going to threaten our heroes in Cardiff City. It might be Sheffield Wednesday or West Bromwich Albion or Manchester United or any of the 15 others. And I would listen and remember every detail of what Joss was saying. The bus took us within five minutes of the walk to Ninian Park football ground where the great matches were always played. And outside the ground, we would stop at the Welk stall that stood near the turnstiles. Joss would, uh, Josh, Joss would have a dish of jellied eels, sixpence, <laughs> and I would have uh, baked beans and two sausages on a cardboard plate, also sixpence. I just that kind of sets the the mood it, to me. It really does. It really does. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Exactly. Yeah. Go into the game, enjoying something to eat on the way. That's yep. that's what it's all about, you know. And go with your friend. That's pretty cool. All right. So anyway, that's uh, that's a quiz for this week. Uh, we uh, have uh, our own country here. So let's see if what's happening in America. In this country, we call it soccer partner. Anything going on in American soccer that we should be talking about? Yeah. I mean, things are kind of starting to gear up a little bit. All the, pretty much all the MLS teams are, are back in their training camps getting ready. So we've got the, the local teams getting ready which should be good. And uh, and then the U.S. men's national team had a couple of games too. Uh, got off to a decent start with the new coach, so won a couple of games, although albeit with not necessarily the strongest team that they probably could get because it was mostly uh, MLS players. But uh, it was good. The, it's just tough because I don't think many people were really paying too much attention to those games. But, yeah, who did they beat? You know, they beat uh, Costa Rica, which was a, a good result, and then Panama. Panama right. was kind of one of the poorer teams in the World Cup, if you remember. I think well, both of those teams were in the World Cup, and both of them beat America previously, so it's a good thing. Yes, <laughs> that's true. So we're moving forward. So yeah, I, I think right. that's good. And I, we expect to beat those down the road. So, right. Uh, so I think that was kind of nice. And again, probably Costa Rica was in the same boat as US you know a lot of their you know international players were not there so but it was good uh, and then from from our office you know we're getting down to crunch time we we've, we've just selected our teams for the Olympic developmental program so we're finishing up with some events they've been doing showcases up in Rockford the last 3 weekends we finish up with our younger group this weekend the 07s boys and girls They'll be playing against uh, Wisconsin, uh, sorry, Missouri and Iowa. So they got some round robin games there. And, uh, and, and, and where are they playing those games? Are they playing up in up in up in Rockford at the indoor facility? Okay. There, the full size field is. They actually play nine v nine, so we go across the field. So we actually got two fields going at the same time. And that facility we, up there in Rockford is just spectacular. It's it's awesome, and we're we're really excited to be using that. You know, almost on a full time basis. So it's just the the best place to do it. Um, and then, uh, and then, yeah. So the teams have been picked, and then they'll be getting ready. So next week, I uh, next Thursday, I'm going to be heading down to Memphis, Tennessee, home of Elvis. Yeah, so I'll be there. So are you out. coaching that 07 team? I am not coaching the 07 teams. I'm kind of floating around. I I still work with those younger groups. I actually work with our pre ODP program, but uh, getting them ready to hopefully take the step for next year into. I the think I know one thing. of the kids on that team. Okay, excellent. I That's think good. there's a uh, a Greenway player on that 07 team. Yes, I think you're right. Yeah. I think you're right. So they'll be heading down to Memphis. I think he made a team too. Yeah. So he'll be heading down there. Uh, so we've got games against uh, – it's going to be really kind of a cool – it's our capstone event. We've got 11 different states down in Memphis at their facility at the Mike Rose Soccer Complex. 
So we'll be playing some teams that we probably don't normally play. I mean, it'd be kind of cool to play a Mississippi or an Alabama, those types of states that uh, we typically wouldn't play against. So they've got three games, one on each day. Uh, on the long weekend, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, because it's President's Day on that Monday, right? And then, and then we'll come back. So yeah, so this should be a should be a good weekend of soccer next weekend. Finish up the ODP, and then uh, and then the, the pool teams that are not the state teams. That's our second group of players. They'll be playing in a showcase in the first part of April. And then okay. We'll be done. Well, I, I always say, you know, I always tell the story to the the youth kids that I work with that uh, these these. Trips out of town are bonding experiences that not only for the teammates, but it's just the sort of thing that you never forget. You can live to be 60 years old, and those kids will be talking about the time they went down to Tennessee and played in a soccer tournament in Memphis. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Exactly. And even when I was coaching college, I took a team. I was lucky enough to take a team to England, and that's still, you know, 25 years on, that's still something they talk about. You know, that's that's what they remember. Those are the trips they remember. Just like, you know, when we went to Germany, the kids are going to remember those trips. So that's what's kind of nice. All right. So it's time for my favorite part of the show. Now time for Adam's Weekend Soccer TV Tip. Okay, this is the part of the show where Adam uh, looks over the television schedule and helps us uh, cut through the uh, the games that aren't worthy and the and, and focus on the games that are the ones that we really should be watching. Yeah, I think the the one that sticks out, I mean, there's going to be a bunch of games here this weekend, but definitely the one that sticks out Sunday morning. It's going to be 10 o'clock kickoff, Manchester City against Chelsea. Should be an absolute uh, wow. great game. We'll find out if uh, this Jekyll and Hyde of Chelsea is going to be Jekyll or Hyde. Who knows what they'll be? I'm predicting um, Hyde. I've got to tell you. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a tough one. It's not going to be easy. Um, hopefully the players come to play. I mean, Man City started to get into it. Again, they've been a little bit up and down too, but with the way things work out, um, depending on the game, because I believe Liverpool might play, but the, I mean, it depends on how everything is. There could be maybe a change in the top if all the results go slightly different. Um, oh, that's so we'll true. See. I hadn't thought of that because if Liverpool doesn't at least get a point, because they yes. only, they're only three points up now. Yeah, they're up three points, and let's say Liverpool do lose, uh, which you know they got a tough game as well. I think they're playing Bournemouth, so you're obviously decent team. Um, and then Man City win, Man City would go above them on goal difference because oh, uh, wow. they're about they got five goals better, better hand. So yeah, and then Tottenham's right there too, banging on the door. So yeah, those top three they're doing really well. Hopefully, if, hopefully if Chelsea can get a victory, kind of get them a bit closer especially if a couple other teams drop off. Okay, so what time is that game again? 10 a.m. on Sunday morning. Okay, I like the Sunday ones. Those are good. Yes. Okay, well, if you'd like to know more about Adam and Rick, you can follow us on Twitter, FK with Adam and Rick, and on Facebook, Free Kicks with Adam and Rick, or you can check out our day jobs. I'm the publisher of Eckhart's Press, Eckhart'sPress.com, the co-host of the Minutia Men podcast with David Stern. Adam is the technical director and director of coaching for the Illinois Youth Soccer Association. The executive producer of the podcast is Tony Lasano of Opie Productions. We're distributed by Ed Silla of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And we'll be back again next week with another episode of Free Kicks. The proceeding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes. 
Stitcher Radio. And at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? If you missed Losano or Los Los Anno and friends, here's what you missed. I feel like you go into a motel, you just search for cameras instantly. That's got to be like your first reaction. Anywhere you intend to be nude, you should just check. How about you just don't be nude in a motel? Well, I no, feel no, like I, that'd be smart. I, I should just not true. get changed or take a shower. No, I no. think, wait, but you're, I think you're missing my point. I'm worried that I'm not going to be on camera. Mm. I want footage of me. You're the only one who wants to be filmed uh, unknowingly doing something ridiculous. Right, because I would be curious. Wouldn't you be curious to see what you do? No. Yeah, like just the mundane. Right. That's how I spend my time. You, sp- you spend four hours doing that? Why? As you fast forward, you go, I'm not even moving. Look at that. I am stationary for hours. <laughs> I didn't even get up and that bag just appeared out of nowhere. <laughs> Where did it come from? <laughs> Radio Misfits. Get more Lausano and Friends. Lausano. Now on Lausano.com. Good luck trying to spell Lausano or whatever the f*** it's called.